0: sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. Hi, ladies, and welcome back. Before we dive into a new episode, I want to quickly tell you about my partnership with HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an easy-to-use client management platform where you can manage contracts, invoices, and workflows, track your time, create automated processes, and even create a customized portal for your clients to access. It's got everything, and I've partnered up with them to bring you an incredible offer. Just use the code HaleyLuckadoo or click the link in the description to get 50% off your first year subscription. I love using HoneyBook for my business, but I love to save money even more. So if you need a client management software or have considered making the switch to HoneyBook, now is the time. Again, just use the code HaleyLuckadoo or click the link and save yourself $200 while simplifying your life. I promise you will not regret it. This episode is one that every entrepreneur definitely needs. Today, we are going to be talking all about creating a monthly content plan that you'll actually stick to. So I feel like this is something that every entrepreneur has struggled with at some time or another. And today, our guest is Haley Dale, and she is a certified content strategist and the founder of Your Content Empire. She partners with small business owners who are ready to build their content empires their way. She has programs, DIY content kits, and an award-winning tell-all weekly blog where she helps thousands of entrepreneurs create smarter content on a consistent basis. And today, she is going to be bringing all of her tips and insight on how you can create a monthly content plan that is actually going to benefit your business and that's easy for you to stick to. Hi, Haley. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh my gosh. Hi, Haley. (laughs) It's so good to be here. Yeah, this is going to be interesting with the Haley's. (laughs) I'm excited. Well, I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to talk all about creating a monthly content plan. I think that's definitely something that a lot of people struggle with. So I'm really excited to hear your insight and your expertise on that. But before we dive into that, can you just tell everybody a little bit about you and your story and definitely what got you into being a content strategist?
1: Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, it's um, quite a convoluted story. Um, I'll try to keep it just to the highlights. Um, So actually, first thing is I'm from Canada. Um, I started, so if you hear A, that's just a heads up that that's where that's coming from. Um, So I actually started my business five years ago. I'm in my fifth year of business. So this is year five. Um, And I started originally as a web designer. Um, So I have a master's degree in communications. I've worked as a consultant in communication Going into big departments um, with the team I was working for, the company I was working for, and creating these really complicated marketing strategies and communication strategies, and then teaching their team on how to deploy them. And so when I started my business, I knew I wanted a creative outlet, and I thought that I wanted something completely different from that. And that's why I started, lo and behold, a web design company. Um, And then when it came to my own content, all I would write about was content strategy. I didn't want to write about anything to do with web design. So that should have been my big wake up clue. In fact, I tell that to my clients all the time. Like, do you hate writing about this? That's probably a sign that maybe you should pivot a little bit. So for me, that was a bit of a wake up call. And so I think about six months in, well, no, it would have been about nine months in, I shifted my business to content strategy. And so for the last, you know, four four and a quarter years um, I have been teaching and writing about content strategy and sales funnels. And you know, while. I've been teaching it. I've also been running an agency side to my business where we actually build sales funnels for people. So I love that side of my business because I get to actually roll my sleeves up and get my hands in on some really exciting companies and work with some really exciting business owners on their sales funnels. And it helps me stay really sharp on all the latest trends and things going on in content strategy because I'm getting to put them into practice, not just for my own business, but for other people's businesses as
0: well. I love that. I love that. I I say this all the time on this show, but it seems like everybody that comes on here, they either end up in a business that they had no intention of being in whatsoever, but it worked out really well for them. Mm -hmm. Or they started out in business for themselves, but they ended up having to pivot. And so I always say, I love that you were so willing to just make those adjustments and figure out, I mean, look at what you were doing and say, you know, I really don't enjoy this and I'm really not loving it and I want to do something that I love. And so you were willing to just kind of pivot and make those little adjustments along the way and, and that it worked out so well for you.
1: Totally. It kind of felt like a coming home because I was doing that in my corporate job. And so it was such a rebellion moment for me to go away from that. And it was really a coming home to what my background is and finding a new way to do it. That felt really good to me and with people that I actually want to be working with.
0: Right. And I think so many people are afraid to do that, you know, especially if that's something that you got a degree for, or, you know, you spent a lot of money on training for it or anything like that. I feel like people just constantly feel like they made too much of an investment already, so they can't pivot. They can't change what they're doing. And so I love hearing these stories like yours, because it's just like a reminder that, you know, life's kind of too short for you to be sitting around doing something you hate. So Find a way to pivot and use the knowledge that you have to move forward in something that you actually love doing. So I love that.
1: Well, I couldn't agree more. I love when people make that pivot back to something that feels truer to them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, let's dive in to this whole idea of creating a monthly content plan because I know that's something a lot of people struggle with. I know in the beginning days of my business, it is definitely something I struggled with. And I know a big issue for people is they're just, they hear that they need one, but they're not really sure what it is or how to create it. So can you just dive in first of all, to kind of what the purpose of having like a monthly content calendar is and why that would be useful?
1: Yeah, so I think that lately, especially in our industry, there's been a bit of a backlash against content and people saying, you know, that there's a better way to build your business, there's a better way to get it off the ground. And You know, I think that those people are onto something, but I also think that, you know, no one is going to roll up completely brand new to this industry and start booking clients without some way of getting their message out there. And perhaps we're thinking too small about content. I know when I talk to a lot of people, they have this preconceived notion that content refers only to written blogs. But in actuality, you know, it's written blogs, it's video, it's podcasts, just like this one. It's the social media message you're putting out there, all of your images. So it's basically think of it as an umbrella for any way of getting your message out there, um, and hopefully in an intentional and strategic way. And so where the monthly content plan comes in is especially if you are either newer to your business, or if you've recently done a pivot, it's all about building up a body of work that represents the best of your ideas as well as your processes so that you can attract leads who want to work with you if you're a service-based business owner or build a community and eventually lead them down a customer journey so that they say yes to whatever your digital product is or your service depending on um, how you're working with people. So the monthly content plan is your tool for building up that body of work because at first it's, it's going to take some consistency and until you get that momentum ball rolling and you start getting people, um, you start getting all those juicy results from content, like people commenting and people subscribing and people purchasing and people sending you comments back on how amazing your content is and how much it helped them so the monthly content plan is just a tool for rolling that out consistently because at first it's not going to feel probably it's probably not going to feel totally natural it's going to feel like one more thing on your to-do list so I think if you can put a system behind these different pieces of your content strategy it's going to be a whole lot easier to get it out there and get your message out there.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned that about content kind of being all encompassing of everything that you're putting out there for your business, because I've definitely heard people say that, that they thought, you know, when people said content, they were just referring to like their blog posts Mm -hmm. or I've even heard people just say like their social media. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's just a reminder, like everything you're putting out into the world for your business is content in some form or another. So a nice reminder that you should be planning all of that and not just your blog posts. So I'm really glad you mentioned that, but why monthly? Why not, you know, weekly? Why not bi-weekly? Is there a reason that you feel like monthly just kind of works better?
1: Yeah, I think monthly is the sweet spot because when it comes to my process, it's all about choosing one promo focus or one outcome that you're going to be driving people towards. And I think if you're doing this on a weekly basis and you're choosing a new focus to drive people towards every single week, well, you're going to give people a bit of whiplash, right? So we really want to make sure that you're building up that momentum through the month and leading them to something. You could totally do this on a quarterly basis as well. You could take this model and just stretch it out, but Most entrepreneurs I work with, especially some multi-passionate folks, they are, you know, launching either new freebies or new offers or different types of the same offer that quarterly would not be, feel like enough for them to get their uh, creative juices flowing.
0: That definitely makes sense. So what's the first step? If you're looking to create a monthly content plan, I know you mentioned that you're kind of finding a focus and then pointing everything toward that focus. So can you just talk a little more more about that and what that first step is in creating this plan?
1: Yeah, so before that step, there's really five steps to a monthly content plan and one of them is kind of a pre-step. So I think any time that you are planning out your content and you can do this, you know, a lot you can do this super in advance if you want, in advance if you want. But the first step is really a pre-step and I think that any time you're planning your content, you should take advantage of the opportunity to really go and look at your data and your numbers and see what those are telling you. Maybe you can see that certain topics are more popular or certain platforms are really working for you where there might be other platforms in your content strategy that really aren't paying off in terms of how much work and time you're putting into them. So I think that taking that first step, that pre-step to really look at the data and see what it's telling you can put you in a really empowered spot to make some decisions on where you can potentially save your time or what is working and what you should double down on or what you should cut altogether. So I think that first step is data, data, data.
0: I love that. And that's what we all want, right? To cut down on time and not have to stress about what we're putting out into the world. So I love that. That's definitely a great first step. And it's kind of an easy first step. I feel like just looking at the content you're putting out there and figuring out what it is that you're wanting it to accomplish should be fairly simple, especially if you know your ideal client and you know what you really want your business goals to be. I feel like that should be a pretty easy first step for everybody.
1: Oh, 100%. And I think it, yeah, it's such an important first step and it's easy, but I find that it's something that a lot of business owners can get overwhelmed in, or it's something that they kind of bury their head in the sand a little bit and don't want to do. They want to jump straight to the
0: planning phase. Right, exactly. So you mentioned there are five steps. Can you just kind of run through those and talk a little more about what each of those are?
1: Yeah. So step number two is something that you mentioned already, um, which is that choosing that promo focus for the month. So I think that all of your content should work together to really build up to something and really build towards something. And this can be a paid offer, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a paid offer either. Hopefully it is something that is going to grow your business. So it can either be something that you're selling and making money, or it could be something where you are building your email list so that you can eventually sell to that email list. Right. Um, so it can be, you know, a promo focus for the month can either be a freebie or it can be a paid offer, or it could even be a collaboration that you're doing. So really choosing that promo focus where that becomes the call to action for most of your content for that coming month. So that's step number two. And then step number three is really to identify the content pieces that you're going to need for the month. So I think of this like you're not necessarily choosing the topics and everything at this point, but you're basically just making a list of all the pieces you need. So you it might be something like, Four times blog post, you know, four times Facebook promo post above that blog post. So really giving giving yourself an exhaustive li- exhaustive list, so you know what topics you have to fill. And I am a big fan of something called the weekly content bundle. So in this can also be a biweekly content bundle. So if you're not changing it up every week, you can make it a little bit easy for yourself. And if you are blogging, and whether that's written doesn't necessarily have to be written. It can be written, it can be video, it can be audio, but basically, you know, are you doing that? Are you publishing a blog? on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis, and I recommend either one or the other. And then from that centered piece of content, so that blog post is the heart of your content strategy, what are all the pieces that kind of come off of it? So how many Instagram posts based on that, or discussion questions based on that, or Facebook group posts, or email, that kind of thing. How many images do you need for that weekly content bundle or bi-weekly content bundle if you're doing it bi-weekly? The other thing I like to think of at this point, as I'm coming up with that list of individual content pieces that I need for the month is I really think in terms of attract, engage, and convert. So what am I doing to attract a new audience to my message and my community? What am I doing to engage my existing email list and community? And what am I doing to convert people based on that promo focus that I chose for the month? Then we have step number four, which is all about bringing color to that list. So this is the topic brainstorm. So this is where hopefully that is based off of your promo focus for the month and doing a bit of a brainstorm on what those individual topics are in a way that you can start a conversation or provide a juicy how-to. I'm a big fan of, I know you hear a lot like, you know, don't tell the why, don't tell the how, but I'm a big fan of not hoarding the how when it comes to your content. I think that you should be as generous as possible and that will pay off for you. A hundredfold in the back end, or it has for me and my clients and my students, anyways. So that topic brainstorm. What can you give people based on that promo focus? You know, what are some topics based around that that you can use for your content calendar? And then finally, step number five is to bring all of those pieces together, get a monthly calendar in front of you. I have a monthly content planning kit that you can download and use, or you can just print off a blank calendar and just start slotting those pieces in. And again, if you have that weekly content bundle or biweekly content bundle, it might be a little bit easier to know, so you're not needing to reinvent the wheel each week or each month. Um, But basically what you want to do in step number five is just build that calendar so you have an action plan to work from.
0: I love how easily you just broke all of that down. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Because I feel like the one thing that I've heard most often, and maybe you can agree with this. When people are having trouble putting together their content, a monthly content plan, even if it's a weekly or a quarterly plan, their issue is usually they just really don't know where to start. And then when they dive into trying to put all those pieces together, it just becomes way too overwhelming. So I love that you kind of have these guided steps that it's just like, okay, you're going to sit down and you're going to do this. and You're not going to worry about anything else until you've done this. And once that's done, you move on to this step. And it just, it broke it down really well, I think, and made it really simple for everybody to just kind of take it one piece at a time. Because I know when I was starting out in business, you know, everybody was like, oh, you need to be on Facebook. You need to be on Instagram. Are you growing your Pinterest? Are you on YouTube? Mm -hmm. You know, when podcasting really became a big thing, it was like everybody was starting a podcast. Well, now you've got to edit those podcasts. You've got to have show notes. You still have to blog every week. You need to, I mean, you had all these pieces that you had to work on. And it gets really frustrating when, you know, you're coming up at the last minute trying to post on eight different platforms and you end up with a lot of kind of overlapping content, but it's sloppy because you didn't plan for it to be overlapping that way. So I love that you broke it down so easily and made it sound like it can be a really simple process if you just sit down and do it in the order that you should.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, exactly what you said is exactly the same thing I hear from my people about feeling like they should be everywhere and feeling a lot of guilt when it comes to their content because they're hearing all these shoulds all over the place. I think that's really the importance of that pre-step is to look at the data. So if you find yourself in the middle of the week hearing, hey, there's this brand new thing on Pinterest, you're Noah, You're, you're nowhere if you're not there, you can just put it on You know, a look at during that pre-step once a month, you can revisit all of those things instead of shifting your focus and getting out of your groove.
0: Right. And I definitely agree with that. I think that's great advice. So, how do you organize it? I know you just mentioned that you have a free like content planning kit, which is awesome for our listeners. We'll link that in the show notes as well. But you're looking at a calendar. Are you, you know, you have all these different types of content like blog posts and Instagram and Mm -hmm. Um, all of this stuff, are you actually going in and putting in all of the specifics of those things? Like, for example, with an Instagram post, are you writing the captions in on that calendar? Are you putting in what time you're going to post these things? Or is it just more of a general idea of, okay, uh, sometime on this day, I'm going to do a blog post that's about this topic?
1: Yeah, I think at this stage, you know, because you're not actually executing that content plan, you're just planning it. It's mainly like what is, what direction or what subject is this going to be about and putting those pieces on the calendar. I really like to plan my content by hand. So I like to print something out. So I'm usually printing out my monthly content planning kit. I have a. I I know a lot of people just print off a blank calendar or just use, you know, you know, a whole, like a notepad, like a notepad or a notebook or something. So that totally works too. whatever, you know, whatever process works for you, stay with that one, right? Don't, don't think that the grass is greener if you already have something um, that is working for you. And then when it comes to the execution, that is when I'm executing that content plan, you know, but at that stage, it's just, you know, Instagram post about my messy office or whatever, whatever that topic is.
0: Perfect. Yeah. That's, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like if you're trying to, that, that was my thought was if you're trying to like write 30 different Instagram captions and Facebook posts and all of that on a calendar, it's going to get a little, little bit confusing, a little bit messy. So I, I want to ask this question because I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who are kind of thinking it in the back of their minds because they know it's something they would do. Mm-hmm. So what do you do if you miss one? and what i mean by that is you plan out this content calendar and i know you know you're you're basing it all around this one promotion that you have or this one idea that you have and so let's say you plan out you know the four blog posts like you mentioned earlier and then you have four facebook posts that are promoting that blog post what happens if you miss one of those facebook posts what's your advice because i know a lot of people feel like when they miss one their whole calendar is off and it throws them off enough that they end up trashing like the whole month so what's your advice there
1: Oh, I hate saying that, but it is so true. And I used to do this myself, right? And it would be partially guilt and partially frustration at myself that I couldn't stick to the plan, but life happens, you get busy. And so I think, you know, if you are creating your blog posts or creating those weekly or bi-weekly content bundles one at a time, just push it off a week. It's not the end of the world and it'll eventually shake out to where you're back on track. I, you know, for myself and for, I actually have a membership called the, Content Empire Clubhouse and it is wholly based around this idea of the monthly content sprint. So taking that content plan and basically we create all of your content For the month, within one week, within five days, and so that I think is one of those keys to like getting your life back and not feeling like you're going to miss a week, right? Because if you if life gets busy, it's not a big deal because your content is already scheduled for the month and you don't need to worry about it until you're in that batch week. So I think if you can batch, so that that's not hanging over your head, right? Because You know, I think for a lot of my clients, it's a really, sometimes it's a really good reason that they're not able to follow through on their content plan. They get really busy with client work. They get really busy with sales and that's kind of the point of this whole business thing. And so if you can batch it hopefully ahead of time, so it's not hanging over your head, I think that'll create a lot of space and freedom. So you can go about your business and life guilt-free because nobody needs to feel guilt around their content.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think for me, that was really a huge turning point in my business was when I started actually planning things out in advance and batching mm-hmm. content and trying to you know make content that I could reuse over and over again and just tweak a little bit. And for me, that was a game changer because I felt like I was sitting around spending all of my time planning out blogs, planning out Instagram posts, you know, doing all of those things, trying to be everywhere. And yeah. so that was definitely a huge turning point in my business when I sat down and just started saying, okay, what am I going to do for this month or this quarter or whatever? And really planning it out and breaking it down. And, you know, back then, I don't know that I got into the specifics as much as I should have because I was learning, you know, how to put that plan together. But even just the tiniest little bit of planning can make a huge difference
1: a hundred percent, right? It's so freeing. and I think that it frees up space for you to show up really differently in your business. It lets you it loud like I know, you know pitching podcasts or doing things like that, that stuff would never happen when I was doing my content on a weekly basis because it just felt like this renewing to-do list that kept growing longer. So there was no space for any of that relationship building or networking online or those higher impact marketing activities.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely agree. So do you ever make adjustments? Cause I feel like that might be a question somebody has is, you know, once you've made that plan, if you get, you know, say halfway through the month or something, and you kind of need to shift the perspective a little bit or kind of shift something around. I feel like a lot of people feel like, you know, it's, it's almost like what we were talking about earlier about you've already invested so much, you don't want to pivot. Mm -hmm. Is it okay to go in and make those adjustments or should you just kind of wait till the next month to do it a little better?
1: I think it depends on why you're making the adjustments, right? Is it, is it something, is it a really valid reason that you need to make the adjustments, right? Like did something awful happen in the world and you want to like, there's nothing worse than pre-scheduled posts um, when something terrible goes on, right? And you have these kind of scheduled out. So is, you know, is it a reason like that, that you need to change it? Or has something drastically changed in your business that you need to change something kind of ASAP? So you don't need to clean it up later. Or is it something where you are falling into, you know, this isn't enough, or, you know, I'm tempted by this shiny object. So I think really examining your motivations and the reason you want to change it You know, but obviously the stuff is not written in stone. We do it in pixels. We do it on paper. It can change, right? It absolutely is not set in stone. And I think any of that work that you've already done, if you are pulling it, you can always use it later on.
0: I'm glad you said that because I I love that you kind of made it more about the the why behind it, because I feel like, you know, you said that about the shiny object syndrome. And I feel like so often, especially in business, we do things or plan things or build things that we think are so fantastic. And if you Mm -hmm. give it like two weeks and we see somebody that does something similar and did it a little, what we would consider better. Then all of a sudden, we want to go redo what we did, even though we were so proud of it. And I don't want want you doing that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I can think of a thousand different times that I've had that happen. And so, you know, that's something that every business owner, every entrepreneur is going through because you just feel like nothing you do is ever good enough. And even if you're so proud of it in the moment, if somebody else says anything similar, a week or two later, you know, you're obviously comparing what you did to what they just did. So and most of the time in our own minds, we are never the winners in that battle. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's just a nice reminder. Like if you absolutely have to go in and change it, you can, but maybe you probably shouldn't if it's just you starting to worry or starting to compare yourself to other people or, you know, getting that shiny object syndrome where you just want to run off and do something else. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I like that a lot.
1: For all my recovering perfectionists, done is always better than perfect,
0: right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that is so, that's so me. You're just speaking right to me right now because I am 100% one of those people that Everything always needed to be perfect. And that in business, especially, was a very hard lesson to learn. And I still, I'm still learning it every day because every day I'm like, ah, I'm so frustrated. It's not the way I wanted it. And my husband's always like, it's fine. It looks fine. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> Stop messing with it.
1: Oh, well, it takes one to know one. I'm a recovering perfectionist as well.
0: Yep. <laughs> I think we all have like a little bit of that in us. It's what makes us great business owners. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really excited about this conversation. I think it's been super great in just helping everybody figure out those steps to actually plan this out and really answered a lot of the kind of bigger questions around how to actually create a plan for your content. Cause I feel like that's what really stops everybody from doing it is just you know, everybody says, well, I don't have time to sit down and plan that out, but you're spending more time writing all of the blog posts and the Instagram captions and all of those things when it's not planned out versus mm-hmm. if you had sat down at the beginning of the month and planned it out. So I feel like the time is not the actual issue. It's just the excuse. And so I feel like this answered a lot of the questions that really are the underlying issues for why people are having so much trouble with this. So I'm excited about this conversation.
1: Yay. Well, I was, it was so much fun talking with you about it.
0: Yeah. Well, since it's the end of the episode, I do have a quick little lightning round that I always do with my guests. Um, and it's just some fun little lighthearted questions that is a great way to end the episode. So are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning?
1: I write every single morning. It's the first thing I do. I kind of wake my brain up.
0: Ooh, I love that. Is it like kind of like journaling?
1: no because I'm much too strategic for that no it's um (laughs) no usually I'm writing usually the stuff you see on my Instagram post is from prompts that I've given myself to kind of like 'Cause I'm a super morning person. I wake up and I start work at about five AM and I'm done by about noon. Um, and so that is really my first task that I and then I do my morning routine at noon. So my morning routine is actually writing. Yeah. Sorry, that was not a one or two word answer. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, I didn't <laughs> want to one or two word answer. That's perfect. That's so cool. And I'm I'm so jealous. I wish I was a morning person. And I'm so, so not. <laughs> So I love that you have this, this cool little morning routine. Cause most people are like, Oh, I checked my phone. I'm guilty of that. So I love that you, you wake up and kind of give yourself these prompts. That's really cool. I love that. Um, so second question, what is the last book that you read?
1: I'm kind of mid reading it. I'm rereading it. Um, it's company of one by Paul Jarvis.
0: Ooh, I haven't heard of that one.
1: Yeah, I'm interviewing him for a podcast episode coming up. And so I was like, I need to go and reread the book, but it's such a good one. I've been recommending it left, right, and center. um, Because I think in this world of like grow, grow, grow with our businesses, you know, sometimes bigger isn't always better. And so this is why small companies and small and intentional growth is really the new big. And it's all about how to structure your business that way. So it's not endless growth, but really intentional and basing your business around your lifestyle that you want.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm definitely going to have to go check that out now because I'm a huge reader and so I'm always on the lookout for new books. So I love that. Uh, What is one thing that you recommend to everybody? So it can be a tool you use in business, a product, whatever you want, but something that you really think everybody should try out.
1: Everyone should try out. Oh my gosh. I, okay, I have a really good one. Okay, so I was concerned about this one (laughs) coming up with something. (laughs) Um, So I use this app called Be Focused Pro. And so what I found is when I sit down with, you know, all day to do something, it'll take me all day to do something. And so I use this app called BeFocus Pro, it's on iOS, it might be on Android as well, Um, but it also goes on your computer, it goes on your phone, it goes on your tablet. And basically what you can do is you, it's kind of like time tracking and Pomodoros all in one. And so I set myself up when I'm doing a task, I have two hours to do it, I actually work in four 25 minute blocks. Um, And so this is a way of tracking that time, putting constraints on it, and I find that I get so much more done. Actually, get my tasks done within that time frame rather than without it, they would expand to take who knows how long.
0: I love that. That is like one of the favorite, my favorite recommendations that I have heard on the show so far.
1: <laughs> and it's so geeky. It gives you these little reports and graphics of where you spent your time. I'm such a nerd. Yes, I oh love my it.
0: gosh. That just makes my heart happy. I love that. <laughs> I'm such a time blocker, and I even I actually did an interview on this recently, where I was talking about that's like my number one recommendation if you're in business is blocking your time and figuring Hearing out. I could what, not agree more. Yeah, figuring out what you're gonna do in those time segments, and even allowing yourself a block of time to just like check Instagram throughout the day. Like I give myself 15 minutes in the middle of the day that I just scroll, aimlessly scroll through Facebook or Instagram because I know if I don't do it at some point. I'm going to end up doing it a little bit all throughout the day. And so I love time blocking. So that's such, I didn't know there was like an app that you could do that with. So that's (laughs) awesome. So I love that recommendation. That's so good, especially for, for our audience. That's perfect. Last question. What is either your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you've ever been given?
1: Oh, um, I'm going to steal one from this interview and I don't know who said it, so I'm sorry whoever said it, Uh, but the whole idea of done is better than perfect.
0: I love that. That's definitely a good one. I don't know who said that either. That's been floating around for a long time, but that is definitely a good one and a nice reminder for all of us in business who are a little bit perfectionist.
1: (laughs) Yes. I find myself saying it on almost a daily basis.
0: Yep. Pretty much. (laughs) we we'll tell everybody where they can find you. So what's your website, social media, you know, where do you want them to come follow along?
1: Yes. Yeah, so you can come and read my blog over at yourcontentempire.com. You can find me over on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest and my uh, handle, I guess that's what they call it is your content empire. So it's not too hard to find
0: perfect and we mentioned it earlier but we will link Haley's free monthly content planning kit in the show notes so definitely go and grab that because that's going to help you out with planning all of your monthly content so Haley thank you so much for for being on the show because like I said I really do think this is going to be super helpful to everybody listening with planning out their content and it answered a lot of those heavy questions and I'm just super excited for everybody to get to hear this so thank you so much just for your time and your expertise and being so willing to share
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is one of my favorite podcasts. So it's been an extra delight to be here.
0: Well, ladies, that's it for this time. But don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to Females on Fire Podcast. Dot com and grab your females on fire apparel get a t-shirt hat and more because it all goes to fund the podcast and don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at females on fire and at Haley luckadoo i'll be back next week with another great show for you but until then keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire